Most of the time on Shriek Previews, we review films that were recently in the theaters. Every once in a while, we mix in an old classic. Today, we examine a film that we normally would not cover if not for listener request. Come with us now back to 1978, where we will review the made-for-TV two-part movie, The Dark Secret of Harvest Home, on this special request edition of Shriek Previews! With fear. The monsters creeping here. It's time to lend an ear. So, Dan, just about anybody over the age of, say, 45 knows the name Betty Davis. Yes. Anyone under 45 probably doesn't really know her. No. But Betty Davis back in, you know, back 50 years ago was a big name in film. And she was a, um, she had staying power because she yeah. was making movies since the 30s, I think. Right, exactly. She's no stranger to this type of movie. She was in uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with Joan Crawford. Oh, really? Okay. She was evil in that. You, she's, uh, she, I think she's, I know she's not um, a stranger to, uh, to villains. Well, I haven't seen many movies with her because, I mean, when this movie came out towards the end of her career, you and I were like four or five years old. Mm -hmm. So it's not like... She was a bit... Um, yeah, I think she was in... It was Scream Pretty Peggy, I think, is one of her movies from 73. She was in Burnt Offerings with Karen Black and... Um, uh, forget his name. <laughs> Oliver Reed. See, these are all movies that I've heard of, but I've never seen. I Well, I remember seeing Burnt Offering when I was a kid, and it scared the shit out of me. And this movie was so hard to find. The only place we could find it was an old, like, digitized version of a VHS tape mm -hmm. that was recorded off of the TV. Off TNT channel. Off TNT channel on YouTube. Uh -huh. That's where we found it. But this was a listener request. I met a, a guy who was into horror movies. I told him about the podcast. He said, have you ever heard of The Dark Secret of Harvest Home with Betty Davis? I said, no. He goes, you should cover it. So, Brett, I hope you're listening because this one is for you. Listeners, before we get started, we are going to be talking in depth about The Dark Secret of Harvest Home, a made-for-TV movie that was based off of apparently a very popular book. Called by the same name, The Dark Secret of Harvest Home. So if you haven't seen or read this, turn off the podcast, go onto YouTube or find a place to watch this, and then come back and listen to us discuss this film. So this was a two-part movie. In all, it was about, what, a little over three and a half hours. So it was shown back in the 70s over two nights mm -hmm. on TNT Network. So, Dan, you're going to cover part one. I've got part two. Let's talk about The Dark Secret of Harvest Home. So, The Dark Secret of Harvest Home, directed by Leo Penn, uh, is about a Manhattan couple. And uh, it's Nick and Beth and her young daughter, Katie. And they need to leave the city 
they end up going to Cornwall Coombe. And so the listeners will have to forgive us because the, the audio, along with the video, was very degenerated. Yeah. We did the best we could on some occasions. It was really hard to follow and And because this sometimes. was on YouTube, it wasn't a streaming service. There wasn't really accurate subtitles that we could pull up. Either. Correct. Correct. So um, uh, they go to Cornwall Coombe. Uh, she's seeing a shrink for some prob their marital problems. He's frustrated with his job because he's like a commercial artist, but he wants to be a fine artist. And um, they they get away. I think somebody dies, but I don't understand. Was it her father who passed away? Yeah, I think so. And, 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 and so they inherited a lot of money. A lot of money. And they end up buying a house in Cornwall Coombe on a visit. They fall in love with this house. And they're able to purchase it and move in. Um, they purchase it off of, off of Widow Fortune. Widow Fortune. Who's, who's Betty Davis. Exactly. So Nick the dad takes some pics while he's there and he sees Widow For Fortune and all the images. So the whole town, I have to say, is somewhat like, I, I, felt, I thought they were Amish or Cornish or something, but not so strict. Very rural, believing in simple living. They go to meet the widow, and she quickly offers to sell the, the house for 30K. And no hassle, she says yeah, something like that. No dickering. No dickering, yeah. And she explains how they live and what the values are. Beth, the mom, reacts well to the new environment. And uh, Nick meets Amos. Amos shows Nick around the cemetery and talks about some of the, his departed. And Nick notices and asks about Grace Aberdeen, but he refused, Amos refuses to talk about it. Was Amos and, the bell ringer guy? Yes. Yeah. Amos is a bell ringer guy. And um, uh, Grace is buried away from the rest of the, the departed yeah, in unhallowed, un unhallowed ground. ground. So um, later on uh, at Agnes Fair, Nick meets Jack. He's like the town peddler and played by Rene Evergenois. Um, he's, I know you'll recognize his face if you've ever seen him. But also um, she meets Tamar who tries to seduce him. Uh, Jack tells him he saw a, a ghost in the woods. And Beth is told about the Harvest Lord, where they choose a male to be like the leader. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick tries to find out about Grace Aberdeen. After church services, he is invited to the local tavern. And neighbor Robert, who happens to be blind, tries to warn him to leave it. Just leave it alone. Uh, Nick gets in, into fight defending Jack, the peddler. And that's how, uh, oh, then, then Nick meets Mrs. O'Byrne, who doesn't live in Cornish Coombe. And, um, she's outside of Cornish, of Cornwall. And, uh, what did I say? Cornish Coombe. Yeah, Cornwall Coombe. Uh, where he, uh, he, he, he's able to relate a little more about, uh, uh, Grace. On the way then, back. Well, one detail wow. you glossed over, which isn't important until later, is, um, the, the blind guy. What was his name? Uh, Robert. Robert. Uh, they meet him because they hear him listening to a book on tape, like the three musketeers and throughout mm. the entire movie, he's listening to different books, great expectations, stuff mm. like that. He's listening to different books on tape. Yes. And the voice narrating these books on tape, Donald, Donald Pleasance. Pleasance. Yes. I did not get that because I thought, I thought he was going to be narrating at the beginning or at the end or throughout. And I didn't, now that you say it, yeah. yeah. So I guess he's, he narrates these, these stories for yeah. him. So um, uh, on the way back during a storm, a tree falls on the road and he sees, I think, the supposed ghost 
Of Soak's Lonesome? Is that the, the, the ghost name? I, I heard him yeah. say, I thought he said Soak's Lonesome, right. but I'm and, not sure. And I think it was that the Revenuer. Mm, what's that? They, they talk about the Revenuer, which I think is like a, 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 a tax man or something like that. Yeah, um, she, was, Widow Fortune mentions yeah. him. Yes. Um, but I thought it was Jack. I wasn't sure. It didn't look like a ghost to me. No. It looked like somebody running away. And I thought it was Jack. But um, Nick starts to get obsessed with Grace and this whole ghost thing. Uh, Beth, Beth is quick to buy whatever the town folks tell her. Uh, Nick goes to the woods trying to investigate a little more further into this and gets attacked. He fights him off and runs off and finds a human skull on top of like uh, this bush. Like in a tree. Like yeah. in a tree. And, uh, and he reports it, uh, later returning with the, con the, the constable, but the skull is missing. Then he mentioned how, like, it was just a huge skull. Yeah, but I, I didn't get that it was a huge skull. It looked like just a skull because he's running and suddenly they flash to the skull close up so you don't get, like, a you perspective it. that it's a huge skull. Right. Uh, so he is warned by the, uh, by the constable. Suddenly, Widow appears out of nowhere and he's, like, telling her, hey, yeah, I found the skull. This is what happens. Like, why this town hiding the shit? And she just kind of brushes him off. Um, he arrives with, uh, arrives to Sophie and Justin, who are the neighbors, to give Sophie a painting of herself. And she asks him to make one for Justin for the, the harvest. Uh, Justin tells him about the, um, the waste eight years ago, saying that Grace brought it with her and that, uh, it was because she went against the ways. Mm -hmm. uh, she was deemed unholy and evil, and later on, we see Beth uh, and Nick outside, and Beth is giving Nick this mead from Widow Fortune. Well, it's not mead. It's supposedly an elixir that he calls it mead. And when suddenly all the sound goes quiet outside, and Nick starts to hallucinate. They get horny and have, go upstairs to have sex. The next day, he overhears Justin and Sophie arguing, and uh, Nick starts asking Justin about Grace's death and said she drowned. But he goes to visit Jack at his shack, and then uh, he finds him in bed mutilated and without his tongue. Mm -hmm. uh, Widow appears and explains that the poachers did this to him. Uh, Nick later comes home who's, uh, uh, Beth is, to Beth, who is crying, and tells him that she's pregnant. And uh, he's like, you think it was a mead? And she's like, he corrects him, it's the elixir. Um, Nick then tries to get more info about what the town is hiding, hiding from Widow. They participate in the husking bee. And Jimmy ends up, uh, Jimmy, the, the guy that's, uh, little Katie, the daughter is like infatuated with. He, um, he wins this, like, I think he wins this, like, big contest or something. Uh, and then, um, and meanwhile, Beth is slowly changing, her personality is changing. Uh, Nick, now I want to point out something because you, you skipped over what I felt was an important scene where, uh, Katie, their daughter, starts having an asthma attack. Oh, that's right. And she yeah. basically dies. A doctor, mm -hmm. you know, says, says she's we can dead. Do, yeah. And then Widow Fortune shows up and revives does her. thing and revives her, brings her back to life. Mm -hmm. And that's where I that's where I finished it. That's where you finished yeah. it. Okay. So so that's part one ish. Mm -hmm. Before we go into part two, wanna talk a bit about our Patreon listeners. Shriek Previews has a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Shriek Previews. And for just $4 a month, you can help support us with 
podcast hosting and streaming services and movie tickets and things like that, uh, trying to find the obscure movies like this on YouTube. If you can't afford to support us, we, we're so glad you listen anyway. There's other ways you can support us by leaving a five-star review about tree previews on your favorite podcast directory. You can tell a friend or a coworker or a loved one that you know is into horror movies or podcasts. Or you can even link this exact episode on your favorite social media platform. These are all ways you can support us and bring new listeners to the podcast. So with that out of the way, I'm going to continue on with part two of The Dark Secret of Harvest Home. Now, since it was kind of obscure where the parts ended, uh, one part ended and the other one began, uh, I'm, I might... Might overlap repeat, overlap a little bit mm. yeah so you as you mentioned nick goes and visits uh justin and sophie uh justin is the harvest lord and he's talking a bit about grace everdeen's disappearance and apparent suicide but then he clams up as if he's talked as if he has said too much you mentioned the aphrodisiac and they get you know they get busy and you know, she had mentioned earlier that she wanted to have a baby. And he said, no, it's, you know, there's no way it can happen. The first one was rough on you. And yeah. Then... But then they get this elixir and I knew I'm like, she's going to get pregnant. Mm. Now here's at this point in the movie, I'm thinking, here's what I'm curious about. If they bought the house from Widow Fortune, is, does she have another house somewhere that she's living in? <laughs> because... She's still around. Yeah, that you never see where she's coming from. Yeah. She suddenly, and she suddenly just that appears out of nowhere. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, Nick keeps asking people about Grace, trying to find out what happened. I mentioned Katie's asthma attack and dying. And now young Lord Worthy is planning to leave the farm. The, the, they've got this whole custom where like there's a young lord who then becomes the harvest lord mm -hmm. and has to stick around for seven years and it guarantees the you know like blesses the harvest and stuff like that and that's jimmy right jimmy is is that his name well the yeah. young lord is worthy is his, his name is worthy, worthy? Yes. who's jimmy i kept maybe it was just part of the audio distortion i think jimmy show. was the one that a lot of people thought should become the young lord Okay. Uh, Worthy was the one who wanted to That's buck right. the ways and uh. have a tractor and, and machinery and, you know, kind of modernize things. He's the one that runs off to join the army and gets a little room somewhere yeah, upstairs. The above. Yeah, he wants to leave and his parents forbid him and they actually steal the money that he had stashed away. Mm -hmm. So he asks Nick for help. And he's like, hey, would you buy my tractor and, you know, things like that. Um, more intrigue occurs beth and nick have some relationship issues because tamar keeps trying to seduce nick mm -hmm. um and then again beth learns that she's pregnant and the whole thing with tamar is that um beth doesn't believe him because i guess if at the beginning when she's talking to the psychiatrist she relates that he had or insinuates that she had already some kind of affair right yeah so there was yeah there's something yeah. in the past uh-huh Nick also begins to ask some questions to find out who this mythical mother is that people are mentioning from time to time, but nobody will tell him who it is. Mm -hmm. Since Worthy was the young lord and he left, which is against the ways, his family is now shunned. So foul things are afoot in Cornwall Coombe. And that's awful because I, I, I remember when they bring like all the, the, corn. It, the corn back and then they... 
they they leave it there and then they turn their backs to them. Yeah. I felt bad for them because yes. it really wasn't their fault. The kid wanted to leave. Right. And they even said they're like, mm -hmm. uh, it was our son. Why should we get punished for it? Exactly. Nick gets a letter from Worthy telling him where he is, uh, but the envelope seems like it's been tampered with. So do the people now know where Worthy has run off to? The answer to that is yes, because the constable ends up at Worthy's place yes. to, to bring him back. Mm. During the big festival, Nick gets upset that his daughter is dancing, and, and I guess he found it was too provocative. And his daughter, you know, I was watching this, I'm like, she looks really familiar. That's uh, Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. When she was 15 years old. Yeah. And she reminded me of, for some reason, I, I kept seeing um, Scarlett Johansson and... In, in the face, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not right. Who no, am I that thinking wasn't of? Scarjo. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, yeah, Patricia Arquette. Mm. So he, he gets upset that she's dancing like that and he slaps her. So the townsfolk beat him up and then throw corn at him, which mm. I thought was kind of funny. Uh, as he continues to seek the truth about Grace Everdeen, he gets uh, conflicting stories. Some people say it was flooded that year, but others say there was a drought. Others say she was a small girl, but others say she was large and ungainly. Uh, so Nick visits the doctor in town to find out the truth about Grace Everdeen. He also learns that his wife was not actually pregnant, that the pregnancy test was actually negative, and he finds out that he can't actually have children. Uh, he also gets to see an x-ray of Grace Everdeen's head and discovers that she had gigantism mm. and recognizes that that's the, the skull, huge skull he saw in the forest. Tree. Yeah. He also discovers that the widow and her women were behind some of the violent attacks that had been happening, including his friend, uh, what was his friend's name? The one that had his uh, tongue? Justin. Tongue, oh, no, Jack the Peddler. Jack the Peddler. Mm -hmm. And uh, that they were behind these attacks and they were the ones kind of keeping him there. Mm -hmm. On kindling night, Nick makes some accusations, and his family is attacked and banished from the coom. He also sees among the bonfire the body of Worthy, the the guy who had ran off to join the navy. Mm. Navy, and they had he was the one burning. Him. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick wakes up in jail, but finds out that the harvest home ceremony is that night, and that Beth and Katie will be part of it. And then Sophie kills herself because reasons i mean yeah i mean there's all this thing about how grace everdeen was was you know buried on unhallowed ground because of suicide and then sophie kills herself mm. nick has some help in mounting a daring escape but all the phones are dead and all vehicles are locked down and nick has to save his family from the ritual of harvest home otherwise Something bad will happen, I guess. It wasn't really clear. No. During the ritual, Justin, the Harvest Lord, is part of the ritual. He's uh, the only man who is to know the secrets of the Mother, who is the Earth. Mm -hmm. Mother and, Earth. Yeah, Mother sense, Earth. Yeah. And as part of the ritual, he starts getting it on with Nick's wife, Beth. I guess that's why Sophie killed herself, because... She knew that he had to do this as part as the Harvest Lord because when as she's expiring, she's like, "I just I love you too much to go." Yeah, I remember her saying that. saying that, and maybe that's what they were arguing about when um, Nick yeah. approach, uh, approaches like, the house. Let it go, or you know, leave yeah. it be. After doing the deed with the Harvest Lord, 
Beth is given a sickle so she can sacrifice him. And then all of the women, like Nick uh, is hiding in the, the bushes and he comes out and is like, Beth, what are you doing? And uh, all of the women in this ritual uh, are like, kill him, he's seen too much. And uh, But then Widow Fortune is like, let him see. Mm-hmm. Let him see what, what, you know. And then we see uh, Beth and Katie, this is in the future now at some point. And Beth is pregnant, and they have assimilated into the community. They seem to be happy. And we see that Nick is there. They didn't kill Nick, but he seems completely unresponsive. Then Beth puts on the tape recorder with the audiobooks. We see that Nick is now blind, like his friend, James. So yeah, Tuid's Robert. told him, a Robert. Robert is the guy. told him, you know, let it go, let it go. And cl- obviously this was... Had happened to Robert as well, and that's at least that's what's inferred. And uh, when you see too much, they take your eyes. Apparently, that's how the movie ends. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, what'd you think? I think that well, unfortunately, the version that we saw really um, it's uh, tough had to the, watch it's because tough of the to watch. Quality. It was at a disadvantage, but. The essence of it was interesting. I, I like that they um, they were newcomers to this new world, this new uh, um, community. I think it suffers also greatly from from the age of it. It's like yes. from seventy eight. You know, it's no longer it seem relevant. I would like to see this remade because I think the story is actually good. Well, you know, I kind of felt there was like some flavorings of Midsummer in this. Yeah. I kind of feel like Midsummer was almost like a remake of this. You know, farming community, their their own ways, the rituals mm. and strange, and bizarre, cryptic yeah. ways, yeah. yeah. Sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the harvest queen, things like that. So I kind of felt that that was was part of it. I like the way they broke it up into different chapters of plowing day, the Agnes Fair, the days of seasoning and the husking bee whatever. I didn't understand why everything went quiet when they were drink, drinking the elixir suddenly they're like and i thought it was the quality of the video i thought like the audio went on the video so at the first time i like saw that i'm like oh that must be the because they were just sitting there looking at each other yeah and then suddenly the, the all the chirping and all the crickets start sounding off again and then uh you know i did, didn't know what that was all about until later on i um I discovered there was like still music going. It just all the nature cre- uh, sounds are just deafened, mm-hmm. and then he starts hallucinating. I think he was hallucinating. Right, he's he kind of, like dancing. And yeah, the kid that plays Worthy, his name's Michael O'Keefe. He's a kid from Caddyshack. Um, he was great. I thought he was a good uh, a good character. Great performance. I love love the the fact that he was trying to get out, and then he like you know he was brought back in and sacrificed. Um, I don't understand this whole thing that the kid that Grace Aberdeen had giantism, acromalogy or megaly or whatever. Yeah. And um, what did that have to do with anything? I know it was like something to do with her genetics, but I thought that was going to play a bigger part, and it never did. Uh, maybe that's because they had to condense it from the book to the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Betty Davis is incredible. In this. She's great as yeah. the Widow Fortune. She just suddenly uh, appears out of no- nowhere. 
The family were, were very well fleshed out characters, I thought. I, I didn't like Nick at first. I thought he was too self-absorbed and kind of like, you know, just a little cynical. But yeah, it turns out, you know, he, he really cares about his family and, and, and trying to like rescue them from this, from being engulfed by this community. Uh, what did you think? You know, it was, it was narrowly horror. Mm. You know, it wasn't scary at all. Suspense, maybe. But it was suspenseful. You know, it's about this almost cultic follow, you know, cultic group. Mm. Uh, like you said, there were some some flavorings of Midsummer in it. I thought it was more like, for some reason, maybe because it was a farming community, I thought it was more like Children of the Corn. But, you know, of course, no kids. This is like, you know, but I felt it was that type of movie where it was like a self-contained community not wanting outsiders. I'm surprised they let the Constantines in. Right. Yeah. You know, but was... then but then I realized they needed them. They yeah. needed them for the blood or whatever. You know, right. The new exactly. blood. The new stuff, blood. You know, which is kind of also, you know, at the end of Midsummer when she's she, she becomes part of the, the community there or whatever. So I saw several parallels there. Yeah. And I'm surprised that the character of Jack, the peddler... He wasn't um, dispatched earlier than, you know, it, yeah. it seems like he was always trouble. Yeah. And now suddenly when the Constantines move in, they, they you know, they whack him. Or yeah. they didn't whack him. They cut his tongue out. You know, it was an interesting story. It didn't need to be almost four hours. Ago. No. No. And... Uh, I would have been good with two hours. Yeah, two hours. They could have cut out certain things, still gotten the the story across and usually we don't say that about miniseries because right. you get uh, a better um feel for the land with a miniseries you get you know better attachment to the characters more detail especially when it comes from a book you get a lot more in a miniseries yeah. but in this case i felt it was too long man yeah it was all right so dan i'm going to say i'm going to guess you rated this four skulls I was thinking five. Okay. Five skulls. And uh, you, Brunel, and I'm thinking, you're thinking four. Exactly. Four mm. skulls. You know, mm. I gave it, like I said, it was, it suffered from production values that were outdated mm. because, I mean, this movie is, is 45 years old. Yeah. 45 years old, man. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's understandable. Um, that was it, a year after Star Wars, man. Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate that it that the quality that you know our our experience was diminished by the quality of what we were able to find. Mm -hmm. But overall, overall, I thought it was an interesting enough story. Uh -huh. Production values for the time were were fine. I just felt that, like like we said, I felt it dragged at times, and. I wasn't because because it was too long. Mm -hmm. I got bored with it. Yeah, I was. Um, there was times when I was bored. I mean, it, it, it just things that went on entirely too long. I was. Um, I I didn't understand why this little girl um, got to pick the 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 Lord or whatever. Yeah. Well, they said she and had then the she screams her head off. Yeah, but and she has. But why did they don't really? They don't really go into that. Yeah, that's the thing that I would have liked to have known more about and and more about 
Widow Fortune's right. background or something would I have think, made it interesting. I think if this was remade today, it would be like an eight-part Netflix series or yeah. something like that. And they'd and, and, and I would like to see that. I would right. like to see what a modern director uh, with a modern production technologies and, and techniques would come up with with his story. I'd love to see either Mike Flanagan. Yes. Or this Jordan. almost gives like a little bit of hints of a Mike yeah, Flanagan. Flanagan. I'm thinking Midnight Mass for some reason. Right. Flanagan or Jordan Peele, I think, could both handle this pretty well. I would like to see Mike Flanagan do it. Yeah. All right. So you gave it five. I gave it four. Mm. You know, not a stellar movie, but not bad. Mm. I would say if it happens to be on, watch it. But it's not just going to happen to be on. This is a 45-year-old made-for-TV movie. Mm. Uh, They don't play those anymore <laughs> yeah no they don't so you have to catch them on youtube like we did and they're so degenerated that they're cut you know butchered up there's like there's i i heard there's like three or four different versions of this there's like a a, a two-hour two hour version that's really just version yeah, condensed. condensed and there's like uh i think there's like a, a one yeah a, a version that's version close that's to four hours one. but it's it's straight through it doesn't have the credits yeah and then there was a, a two-part version where midway, you know, you can tell where one one night ended and the next night began because there was closing credits, opening credits, things like that. So, yeah. and, right. and and um and now that you mention it, yeah, I would like to see what what, what Jordan Peele would was his take would be on this. And yeah. I'm not a big Jordan Peele fan, but he does have a unique mm-hmm. style, and I would like to see what he. It would be interesting to see what all of them would. Different yeah. versions would come up right. with. But. I mean, I would say I'd be interested to see what Ari Aster would do with this, but we Midsummer. did with Midsummer. Yeah. And we um, know what he would do with it. And, and uh, was it Dave, Dave Jeffers? Um, that's, he did The Witch, which is, you know, kind oh, of it, this style. What well, we Eggers. Eggers, Eggers, not Jeffers. Is David it David? Eggers, David Eggers. David I think, Eggers? I think that was his name, yeah. I don't know where I got Jeffers from, but Eggers, yeah. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough for government work. <laughs> so that's the dark. Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. That's what I said. Yes, you yes. did say that. Yes. I heard you say you that. Just, it, it was you just heard me say David because of the low quality of the because it was a, a 1978 recording of, of, me of us. Yeah, and we're on Eggers. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the dark secret of Harvest Home, Brett. Thank you so much for recommending this. I had never heard of this before. And, you know, it was interesting to see Betty Davis, you know, in this kind of a role in her later years and stuff. A very young 15-year-old Patricia Patricia Arquette. Arquette. The guy who played Nick reminded me of... He reminded me of Michael Michael Douglas for some reason, I thought. He reminded me of the guy who who played uh, Hannibal... TV series. Um, Mac Mickelson? Or yeah, uh, Mad, Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson. Yes. Yeah. He, he reminded me of, of him just in his facial structure. And he's, and in, he's in the new Indiana Jones movie, that guy. Is he? Mad I Mickelson. didn't see it. Yeah. So He reminded you it, of yeah. Mads Mickelson? I guess yeah, you could say this is him now, the, 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 Nick, the guy that played yeah, Nick. Yeah, David Ackroyd. No, yeah, I'm talking about back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I can see it a little bit. So going from old time you know, farm communities and the old ways to modern. I thought we'd, we'd do a quick 180 here. Mm-hmm. 
there's a movie coming out based off of an urban legend that's been popular on social media. And so this movie is called The Elevator Game. It's about a game that people have done on TikTok and stuff like that. And let's take a look at it. So I will leave the link to this trailer in the show notes. And uh, listeners, you can watch it yourself. And then we will see you back here in just a minute. Okay, Dan, so what'd you think of the elevator game? It looks very unscary. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, teens, young adults, whatever they are. I, I don't get it. And, and what, what are they doing? They're, they're coming, they, they go to a, a, a floor and, and then they look out into the darkness. Is that what the, what, have yeah. you heard of this game? I, I've heard of it, but I hadn't really seen much about it. Mm. You know, it, it looks like your typical teens experiencing an urban legend or right? young adults and they, like, they band together because yeah. they're such good friends to each other and they, you know right. it's just it's like dumb and bye forgettable bye man and ouija oh, and God. uh countdown app and yeah. all of those countdown just, app oh don't don't remind me uh, yeah it's dumb just, and forgettable yeah um it says try this game if you dare and give a shit man right august 11th it comes out on shutter shutter yeah i mean it that's... just oh man i hope we don't have to see this maybe maybe we'll cover it if somebody requests it specifically otherwise that might be a pass or if yeah. we come across a week where there's literally nothing else nothing to else. <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's the elevator game Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you so very much. Reach out to us and interact with us at, uh, you can email us at shriekpreviews at gmail.com or you can find us at facebook.com forward slash shriekpreviews or on Instagram at shriekpreviewspodcast. Interact with us, give us suggestions like Brett did and like others recently have done. We really love getting listener suggestions. If there's a movie you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Thanks again. We'll talk at you next week.